Yo, this is Brian Porter with another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Um, I'll be joined during the episode by my co-host, Bennett. And um, this episode is Greek Death. Um, before we get into that, just a couple notes. Um, quarantine was tough. I mean, I, I think we're still in quarantine technically, but like, in terms of like the podcast itself, we did a lot of episodes um, over Discord, and I really don't like doing them over Discord, to be honest with you guys. Like, I much prefer the in-person, and it was hard for me to get up for a lot of these, like, emotionally, and just, like, you know, I don't know. It might sound, like, I don't want to sound like I'm just playing or anything, or it might seem silly, you know, to really say, like, it's difficult to do these podcasts between the idea of, like, literally just talking, but you'd be surprised. Um, it can become monotonous, especially when, you know, you're doing, you know, two or three in a week, sometimes four, like we were doing during quarantine. So we have a ton backlogged and I don't know, I, I want to feel like when I'm interviewing a band, I'm giving them genuine interest and I'm giving them like real, um, enthusiasm, which I think for the most part we were able to do. And I'm not saying all this during this episode because this episode was somehow bad. Like this is a good episode in my opinion. Um, but I've just been slow releasing them lately just because I've just been so podcasted out. Um, so apologies if anyone was like wondering where we'd been or, you know, why episodes haven't been coming out at the normal rate. But with my hope is releasing up this episode will be us coming back with a bang, so to speak. Um, Greet Death is a, was a big get for us. And I want to start getting back into releasing one every week. So look for that in the future. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. We're on um, pretty much every podcast streaming platform, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, anything that most people use, like we're on there. So search us, find us, uh, tell your friends if you like it. Um, yeah, but I hope everybody's doing all right and, you know, is getting through this quarantine and is being smart out there, is wearing a mask and, you know, I'm not going to preach, but if, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, hopefully you guys are being smart and that, you know, hopefully that, you know, this will all be over sooner rather than later and we can all get back to going to shows. Like I miss playing shows so badly and I miss going to shows. So, um, yeah. Anyways, this episode we recorded during quarantine. The next several episodes that are released are going to will have been recorded at least like one to two to three months ago, like in the heart of the COVID nineteen stuff. Um, so we're going to be releasing a lot of those backlogs, and I'm not going to really record any new episodes until all those backlog ones are released, kind of give me and Benny a break. Um, so that's the plan. But hopefully, um, you know you guys are enjoying the content or will be enjoying the content as it comes out and um had some really solid episodes that we recorded during this uh quarantine so hopefully you guys enjoy it um anyways hit us up on instagram at invite the neighbors um we'll just invite the neighbors and then on twitter at itn pod we're also on facebook invite the neighbors um yeah follow us on there um pretty active on instagram i i really fucking hate twitter i think it's really stupid i don't think people on twitter are stupid necessarily i just think twitter as a medium sucks ass and i think it's incredibly boring so we're not on twitter very much although we do have a twitter i just don't use it much i post the episodes on there but i i don't understand the appeal of twitter whatsoever some people do and that's great not knocking them at all just uh 
knocking the I am knocking Twitter itself, <laughs> but a lot of my friends are on there, so don't get the wrong idea. Um, I just personally don't get it. Maybe I'm old. Um, anyways, yeah, so follow us on there. Maybe give me a reason to go on there more often. And, um, yeah, I'll just I'll just get into the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Watching Our Planet last night. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love... Um, there's like this bird called the kingfisher, I think, and it's majestic as all hell. And uh, oh man, it was just diving into the water. It was great. <laughs> now, was it diving for for prey, or was it just kind of like showing off? Or, I mean, kingfisher suggests that you know there's fishing involved, but you know, right? Yeah, no, not diving like. Like Tom Daly, it was definitely going for prey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, so, yeah, but it was great. It was great. I, I definitely suggest uh, watching Our Planet. Dude, I'm a big, big proponent proponent of sober and high watching nature documentaries. Mm, I just, with- I love them. I can't remember the dudes like that one guy, that British guy who has like the iconic voice. That is uh, David Attenborough. uh, David Attenborough. Yeah. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay. Not good enough. But no, I think I think that guy's voice. I would love to like just take instrumental music and just set his voice over top of it. I don't even need like the images so much as I just that guy's voice. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. If he was the voice of my GPS, I would be late. Uh, every single place <laughs> I ever went. You're taking wrong turns on purpose just to keep the, hearing his voice. Exactly. Man, I always knew I wanted to take the scenic route to Detroit. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the problem I would have. But, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I should... Well, actually, I should say, you're two members of Greed Death. You know that. But... And the listeners should know that too, because if they clicked on this episode, then I'm assuming they read the title. But you know, I feel like obligated to say that what band we're talking to. So, have you? Are you still called Greet Death? Have you decided to change your name within the last hour? Because after watching like a nature documentary, maybe you're inspired to name it like the Kingfishers or some shit. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. Oh, there he is. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> still that. All right. You know. Just wanted to make sure. And how? I'm more like. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying as like a point of reference. Like when I was rescheduling this originally, I originally messaged Logan about it, and he immediately got back to me with, "Uh, I didn't know that that was even happening." Oh wow! (laughs) Like you messaged him personally. Yeah. He um. He's like getting absolutely destroyed by his job right now we actually had we had a yeah. couple other call where we had one more call this week and he wasn't able to do that either he's just i think he's working like 50 hours and he's uh you know he's getting crushed so i would yeah feel bad but uh also sorry he couldn't make it but yeah he's trying to get through it right now apparently we don't live anywhere close to each other so not yeah. always um we're not always on the same like we're we're not always up to date with each other. I mean, Jim and I talk pretty frequently, but sometimes Logan's uh I'll talk to Logan for a second, so you know. Yeah. Always on the same page. 
I'm sorry. So, you guys, um, I was talking to, to Nick Dina because uh, I've been making a record with him. Cool. For That's like, how you the said last... that. Yeah, yeah. And he he had mentioned, I'm pretty sure, that like you guys kind of live all over the place. Or Am I thinking of somebody else? Are you guys like in the same area? or? Um, yeah we we live basically i live in chicago um logan lives in Pittsburgh, where i'm from as well it's like four and a half hours from chicago and then jim lives between like jim say where he lives yeah i um i live like just outside of grand rapids oh okay okay. Mm -hmm. yep so i'm i'm between the two babies and uh so i don't really get to see them (laughs) all that often which uh yeah which is sad so how did you guys like get the band started and like how does how does it work being so far apart um with jim he used to drum with someone else that we kind of grew up with and then he took he he um left to do other stuff and jim we'd just been uh playing around with every now and then because that's kind of something it ties into the other thing we were talking about earlier, but um, <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been playing shows with Jim with his previous band, The Fever Haze. They kind of stopped playing um, those for the time being at the same time that we needed, uh, uh, you know, a, another yeah. Drummer. So we were hoping it would be him, and he was down. Oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. kind of how we all. And then I moved to Chicago briefly after that in like 2018, I think. That so- was 2017. Do you guys like like schedule like maybe like vacation time off work or something like that to like get together and write or like rehearse or like how do you how do you it's guys actually make that like work? That's actually like exactly what we do. We haven't done that in a minute, but like we did. Um, we were doing the last the new how stuff. We demoed all of that at like my cabin uh, up at Black Lake in Michigan. So we all took whatever you know, like a week off. Yeah. Our buddy Jake came up and like did all the demos with us. And yeah, we haven't, we were going to do that again to start writing the next record. And then, you know, all this happened. So we're going to try to do some stuff remotely. Hell yeah. Uh, we yeah. definitely don't like practice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Where's practice? I, well, it's like with technology now too, like I'm in a, a different band where like the way we kind of write songs is like one person is like the lead songwriter and he'll write, you know, basically the entire skeleton of the song with like vocals and one guitar. And then we'll all, he'll send that to all of us. And by the time we actually get together, we pretty much all have our parts and it just like kind of comes together that day, you know? So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of make the distance work nowadays with all the technology and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is it? Back to my conversation with Diener about you guys, because Diener speaks very highly of you. Um, you he's know, nice. Yeah, he's, uh-huh. he's, I love fucking recording there because his son and his dogs are always running away. But um, he had mentioned that you guys live tracked a lot of it, and I was curious uh, what if that was like a time saving decision or if it was what about live tracking like was appealing to you guys. Uh, I think. Um... I, I was in a band previously that almost exclusively uh, live tracked and then just had minimal overdubs. And so when I, when I joined the band, it, was, it wasn't just my idea, but I thought um, 
after touring so much and really getting a sense of how to play together after I had joined. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the ideas didn't feel like they had really, I don't know, like military like tempos. I think do you feel nothing's probably like the fastest song on the record. Everything was kind of ebbed and flowed and it was, I don't know. It was, it's, it was focused more on like, all right, let's get these grooves really tight. And then, I think like live tracking just seemed like something we all agreed upon uh, when we, when we met up with Nick um, because I thought like, let's just get, let's get a real live sense to these songs and then we can, you know, overdub what we need. But um, I was definitely a fan of that. And then it it didn't take too much to um, for the other people to be down with it. So I, I love recording live personally it's uh um because you just you you go for the best take maybe it's the first take maybe it's the 10th but you 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 can really get a sense of the feeling in the room and i think that's what we kind of wanted to put down yeah yeah that's something that i was thinking about when uh listening to the record the other day it sounds a lot like because i've seen you guys live like a ton so it kind of just like it's the approximation of the record and you guys playing live is like almost an exact, like the Venn diagram is almost a circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. Um, and I, I mean, I love records that, um, uh, or sorry, artists that make records that when you then go see them live, they might be a little bit more, um, you know, prone to improvisation in a live setting and wanting to make the live show like a bit different from the record because otherwise you could just go home and listen to the fucking record. So yeah, I, I yeah. do li- I do like that, but I also do really admire when uh, bands or, or singers or what have you um, really put it out on the record and then you go see them live and you're just like, damn, like it's as if I was listening to the record but it just had that live presence and you're in the room and you can feel immersed in that i love it both ways but i think with with the songs on new hell it it just made more sense i think to yeah to have that venn diagram kind of yeah be closer together um i i think so yeah um so i mean with the next with the next project who knows what we do um but uh i i felt with this one yeah we were definitely like okay let's let's get in a room let's really yeah let's just really send it in here and then um you know be be a bar band when we get out of this recording process so yeah i kind of i kind of dig that like i'm the complete opposite myself when it comes to recording like i like to record like layer after layer after layer because i end up changing a lot of things in that process but like whenever i hear about records that were done live i'm always pretty impressed like minus the bear did a record that was live and like they have like a lot of like technical like clicky shit that they use and like one of their records was all live tracked i was like holy shit dude i didn't even know people did that but i imagine that like doing that i mean so when you guys went to do say like audio tree you had pretty much already had that in studio like live recording experience so like were there any nerves 
going to do something like audio tree where like there's a lot of eyeballs on that or did you feel pretty comfortable uh sam you first like wasn't yeah i mean that's definitely advantage of having done a lot of it lot i mean and you play the song so much we we recorded that record twice basically because we did the demos the same way we did it live and then dubbed over had the whole record and then we went and did it again with nick you know so yeah, we but doing the audio tree it was funny because there's like doing the the check and there's like no i wasn't nervous at all and then as soon as they count you down to do the real thing i'm like oh god damn it now it's live and i'm like nervous but you know it's just yeah yeah that i'm not used to doing because like i used to have crazy uh like stage fright i remember we a long time ago i played a talent show with logan and i remember being backstage waiting for our you know our slot and i was so nervous <laughs> i like was like shaking and this was in high school but yeah i don't i don't really get like stage fright anymore but but do get like like live stream fright i don't know because it's different it's so weird like in studio it's so strange and you you think about like a a bunch of eyes on you anyway but yeah yeah it's it it, i definitely uh concur the minute the countdown happened i thought oh shit like every thought comes in like oh this is going to be recorded that track will be available forever um like all these eyes this is a huge platform and i uh, I had the privilege to do an audio tree before with an artist called Michigander. And so like, I kind of got those nerves out of being in that room because it was, it wasn't a new space anymore. So when we went in there, I thought, okay, this, I know how this is going to go. This will be fine. Like, yeah. and then, so I had a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of insight, but I, um, it was super cool to go back there and it, it was a bit different i guess than like recording with nick say because like um we were set up in the room like all facing one way and i thought oh shit um i don't want my cymbals to be too loud because someone told me yo the mics the vocal mics are like pointed right at you you gotta lay back this isn't a live like this is a studio this isn't like a venue so like i went into that session a little on my heels uh because I thought like okay I I don't want to just totally over blow the sound of this room and then have it be muddy or whatever so it was a little bit difficult to navigate but um overall I think we we did like a pretty fun job and I'm just uh yeah I'm happy I also didn't have to say much during that session I could just like <laughs> sit, sit back there and just uh just be nervous <laughs> by myself Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I could imagine there being, like, the extra nerves. Like, even though, like, there's no audience, like, you mentioned, like, not having stage fright anymore, but, like, there being nerves when you're, like, in a live session setting, like, Audio Tree, because, like, one, there's there's no one there, but, like, I feel like you'd feel more exposed, given that, like, there's, there isn't, like, the energy of the crowd. Like, when, when there is a crowd, I feel like there's, like, it's more forgiving, you know what I mean? It's more of, like, this organic like rock and roll sort of atmosphere where like mistakes are almost expected here and there so it's like the pressure's off kind of thing and like people are there to see you you know so it's just kind of like sweet whereas audio tree i would imagine like yeah like definitely your fans are going to see that but there's going to be a lot of people like you want to make a good first impression for the people who've never heard of your band you know what yeah I mean? exactly that's exactly yeah. what 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 it is so 
Totally, totally. And I do that stupid thing of like thinking like, oh shit, this is the room where I saw like, this was the room I was exposed to like Julian Baker or this town needs guns or uh, like just artists that I think like did an incredible job. Um, yeah. And so I'm thinking like, oh damn, like some classic shit's been made in this room. And yeah, it's one of those just insecure thoughts that that you get when you feel that exposed which i certainly did see i think it's cool to uh to have those types of thoughts like when you mentioned like you know you've seen certain artists like they were in this room sort of thing and now i'm here type of thing like some people downplay that a little bit i'm in the camp of like fully embracing it like when i played blind pig for the first time i was you know kept thinking at you know the, the classic thing people say like oh nirvana played here and you know i've seen so many bands like think kevin divine and like all these different bands play there so that like when i was i got to play there like that was going through my head the whole time and like i don't know i think it might give you a little bit more of um you know anxiety maybe or you know it puts it putting it on a pedestal definitely creates you know more of a tension around it i guess but i think like if you can channel that I think it can improve the quality of the performance. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think you're right. I had the, actually the exact same thought. The, the, like the only time was the only time the, the first time I played at the blind pig, it was the same thing. Um, it was there with the fever haze and we were up in the green room and I'm thinking, Oh my God, Kurt Cobain probably took a shit in here. And <laughs> like this, the, this, this is wild. And it turned out to be a horrible show. Like, <laughs> All right. like not like performance wise, just there was no one there. That so, blind pig oh. green room wolf. Yeah. Dude, love it. It has seen a lot. I love it too. It's like every time I go to max bar, it's like, Oh, this is exactly the way it should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite green room that I've seen was, uh, I didn't play L Club, and I love people have issues with L Club or whatever. But like, their green room is the shit. It's it's like it's got like a kitchenette. It's got like a record player. It's really spacious. It's just if you ever get a chance to see that shit, it's hands down. I, I really wish that that venue wasn't like problematic, as they say, because it's it's like one of the coolest places. Yeah, but, yeah. So I have never been. I've never been there. Um, we were gonna play there with Deaf Heaven, but that obviously didn't happen um but yeah yeah who knows maybe that if that tour ever happens or the the you know the show happens maybe it won't be at l club so (laughs) right the pipe room green room is pretty it's pretty okay as well that pool table oof that brown that brown that brown put in many rounds on that pool table mostly logan yeah i remember like I remember seeing Logan body like 20 people in a row on that pool table, including his dad, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he might have beat his dad once, but his dad's I'm not trying to disrespect Logan's skill, but his dad is a pool legend. <laughs> but he might have beat him. I, I don't know. I wasn't I, I might not have seen it, but I think there was a point where his brother and his dad and his mom were all back there and they were playing pool. And I was like, this, this is awesome. What are some uh, some like different green rooms or like different just venues in general like around the country? Because you guys have been able to do a pretty good bit of touring, from what I've seen, anyways. What are some uh, some of your favorite venues to play like out of state? 
but um, I mean, we've done a lot of like DIY touring. We haven't kind of think of like repeat venues that, you know, one thing I was really sad about, and I, I don't know if it's like a done deal. There's a event in Boston called Great Scott that I really, I've been there a couple of times that we, I think we only played there once, but it's, it's an awesome club and I, they're like shutting down because of this whole, whole thing. Uh yeah, yeah. That's Ooh. unfortunate. You know, but I mm-hmm. really like that venue, and it's sad that they are done. Played like a a feminist, uh, like queer theory bookstore in Minneapolis called Moon Palace, and that show was so good and a really cool. It's like a bookstore, and then they have a cafe, and in the back they have like a venue space, and there were like so many people there. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, that was a really rad venue. By the way, Sam, your e boy gamer set is making you sound like you're in Portal. Um, it's <laughs> in a bad it's, way. It, yeah, it's breaking up. Uh, oh, every every now and then. So if you gotta, uh, I'll probably change rooms. I'm in the back. Oh, okay, that might be why. Go over. Um, yeah, Moon Palace was super sick. Um, I liked a uh, uh, white White Rabbit Cabaret in uh indianapolis that was that was a neat venue um yeah i can't think of too many off the top of my head um i it seems like more i mean for i'm sure it's for a lot of people like more areas of the country that you're just uh i don't know you feel so good in. it doesn't really matter where you're playing um like any like every I think like every Seattle show we ever played, I was just like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to just be here. <laughs> um, yeah. That's yeah. kind of was like, my next question was like one, like different just cities in general that you like being at. And two, like, do you notice a difference in the people that are at the shows? Like, are there di- like, is it, are certain regions, like those people are very specific the way they are or just the way they are at shows or are they different from region to region or do you find like with these all the diy touring that you do are generally the same types of people does that make sense yeah that makes sense um i i think like like anytime we've ever played like in like new york city um i love the pace there i personally could never live there but like one show in particular i was just surprised at could you think like that city's you know so expensive and how could anybody live here but then like when people really came out to the last show maybe the last or second to last show we played there and uh, it was just it was it was really welcoming and they were supportive and i was just surprised it may have been a weekday i i don't quite remember but i thought like damn people are coming out on weekdays and then i realized okay well you're it's in new york city you can do anything at any given time but right um i love the southwest love rolling through the desert those shows were super cool um anytime we've ever been to ames iowa that's like one of the Ames comes through yeah ames comes through um i love playing there and i'm so excited to go back um yeah, like I, I, I think generally with with DIY touring, it's just it's all about just being supportive and being kind to other bands and and, and other artists. I think it's yeah. I like I I love I love the vibe. Uh, 
for the for the most part like it's it's just yeah like I, I really dig that there is some disconnect you get when you're like at a really big venue um and you, you know, I, for whatever reason you're there um but yeah when you when you when you book something that like like that like blind pig for instance like like that no one showed up to that gig but it's this legendary venue so it's like this little bit of give and take where you're like yeah. oh but i'm playing here but there's no one there so i mean what what good is that so when you when you play a basement and it's completely full and everybody's just there to just you know rally around the music and other people like that i mean y- you can't buy that so right right yeah i think like that's that's my my love hate with with house shows is that like one you get some of the best like crowd energy experiences there but like sound wise like i'm i can't hear myself sing oftentimes which like drives drives me insane oh i I love the like the playing venues like blind pig the loving touch especially i love that place because it sounds so good it's like the best i'll hear my band sound is is places like that but then like the most fun the crowd has seems to be like at house shows. So it's like this back and forth. It's like one thing is, you know, like you said, there is like a give and take with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we've always been of the mindset too, that, I mean, just play rooms you can fill. And clearly when I was playing the blind pig, we could not do that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, when, when you go around playing basements, it's like, okay, the, this is, this is I know this is what we can do. This is the amount of people that I think that would would, would know who we are, at, you know, at this given time. And yeah, if you can somehow get to the point where yeah, you do play the Loving Touch and there happens to be quite a few people there, it's just that's insanely cool. Yeah. Um, that's why I love the pyramid scheme like it in in GR like when you have a good good show there, it's like, "Oh, hell yeah, this sounds incredible." The room is so comfortable. The stage is like the perfect size, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, like that. That's that. Yeah, that's what I. That's like the best, the best, best, best night. Yeah, I've had like one, only one night like that. It was at the Loving Touch, and it was like this band that I just joined. It was like my first show ever with them. Was like an Audio Tree Presents show at the Loving Touch, which we got fucking lucky. But it was just like the perfect storm like huge like built-in crowd for the bands that were headlining it but it just sounded great and it was just like holy shit you realize like how there's so many people here but like i would imagine that like you know being out on the road especially if it's your first time in a new market you you might be like kind of like you said be better off playing the smaller places one because you know if you're unknown in an area you're not gonna be able to fill those, those bigger places but also like the barrier to entry is a lot lower. Like people, even if they know who you are, like say like financially or for whatever reason, it's sometimes just easier and less stressful to just go to like a house show than it is going to a venue and dealing with all, all of it that that entails. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people too, like, um, forget about like age restrictions and like, yeah, like I remember, I mean, I wasn't anywhere close, like within walking distance to any all ages venues when I grew up. So I had to like drive a bit. And yeah, when I was like 15, 16, 
I would have loved to have places um, or, or more house shows available. And I mean, truthfully, I didn't seek it out as much as I should have, I think. But I, um, yeah, like, like I, for a lot of shows, I, I wouldn't be able to go to, to like a bar venue or whatever. Um, so like you, you can kind of cut those people out sometimes. So, um, that's why like, yeah, when you're in a new market, if there's, you know, someone that can't get into a bar that really digs the record, I'd hate to, you know, have to say you can't come. It, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. My heart goes out to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, because I like I like talking about lyrics here and there, um, with certain bands, just because like I've heard a lot of people like that are fans of you guys I've talked to, and like a lot of people mention lyrics. So I'm kind of when, when it comes to you guys, so I'm kind of curious, like who writes the lyrics? Is it a collaborative thing? Like maybe are you going for a certain type of, of vibe with the lyrics, or like what's kind of just like what's the process with those? Um, I mean, typically, like in the past, uh, you know, Logan writes his songs and I'll write my songs. It's kind of, we don't don't really like, um, we did a little collaborative writing on a a new song we're working on where all three of us were pitching in lyrics and kind of writing together in the past. So that's not how we've done it. Um, I don't know if there's a, I mean, Logan and I kind of found ourselves, it depends on where, like our life situation, but we've happened to be in similar places. So the things we write about are like the same or we'll like, didn't happen for the first record, but for the last record, we definitely established like a, you know, a theme and wrote around that, which wasn't really hard because it's just mostly like an emotional theme. But, uh, you said for the no. last record or the first record that you had, All right, knew, knew how we had a cohesive, like, a concept whereas like dixieland was just songs that we had you know written over a couple year period that we were like okay like let's record these you know so um i don't know if there's there's definitely like and for the for the new stuff we're working on there's definitely like a theme that we're all writing around so yeah i i mean we kind of like to play around with that i think we're pretty we're still in the infantile stages of like uh uh troubleshooting how our writing process works and like messing around like experimenting new ways of doing it um like jim right likes writing lyrics too so like i think all three of us are you know it's gonna keep changing and evolving that's good to like have that flexibility because you don't want to get stuck in the rut you know what i mean if if like if there's a new idea out there like always try it you know what i mean like it's always good to do that you, you mentioned that like you had like a, a theme for for new hell like would you care to like kind of go into like what that is yeah um i think just like especially where most of that was written when i was still well half of it i like my portion of it i wrote when i was of it was when i was in michigan and then some of it was after i moved here so uh, but like as a whole just like i think logan and i were at it's just this idea of like the crushing uh monotony of every day you know living your life every day doing the same things you know and it's the same every day and it's just it's terrible it's awful you know and it's still that way but it doesn't have to be terrible there's definitely optimism to be found there but just you feel like it's not going anywhere 
Um, we were just sleeping a lot. Uh, you know, like binge drinking a lot. You hear it, like it's in the lyric, like you know, there's like entire songs that are about like sleeping too late or sleeping all day on that record. So that's the vibe, you know. And I know that's like the the idea is for that to. That's not something that's unique to us, you know. There's nothing on there that's like, um, just about us. It's the idea is to, you know, it's a universal thing. I think. Yeah. Things that motivate all three of us, but it's, it's like me just talking about myself, like. Now, when I find something that makes me like a piece of art that makes me feel less alone, like there's somebody else going through what I'm going through, that helps. That's like what helped, you know, that's the most important thing for me. And then that'll inspire me to do something. So that's, that's the idea, you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I'm like, I'm on the computer right now, kind of reading through some of them. There's a couple that like mentioned, like waiting to get high or, you know, there's a couple songs that mentioned like getting high and like, I definitely relate with that. Cause like I've, gone you know i've gone rounds with like drugs and stuff before and like when i just i just you know i can relate with some of this stuff so i think you do a good job of what you've said you're setting out to do you know it's personal enough but it's vague enough to where it's like i i can make my own story based on your lyrics you know what i mean right um i hope so yeah i think you know i personally i don't i don't want to read lyrics that are like a just straight up autobiography you know what i mean like i want there to be room for me to feel like i'm connecting with it rather than i'm just being told like what specifically hyper specifically one person is is dealing with you know what i mean like i'd rather have vivid details but like enough open-endedness to where like i can feel like i can make it about myself i think that's a powerful tool in lyric writing um what about uh you guys do you have a favorite lyric that you've written? Mm. Um let's see. I even just look at like backlist just to jog my memory because it's probably something. Um let's see. I saw this like uh AMA with uh, this band Dance, Gavin Dance, and like they, I just saw someone ask them that question. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a good question. And but they asked, "What's your favorite lyric on the record?" And their screamer John Mess wrote "butthole" because <laughs> one of the that's... lyrics contained the word "butthole," uh, and that was he said that was his favorite lyric on the whole album. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe like. Uh... Maybe for me, the on the Strange Days song, because I think this was like a like a turning point for me when I was like, oh shit, like this is this is pretty good. I think was the when I was working on uh, Strange Days, and there's the it's um it's second verse, but you know there's the couplet that's like wanted love, but we didn't love ourselves yet, and now all we seem to love is the darkness. Which at the time there was no hook for that song, but. Uh, okay just kind of i was working on that and then i got that and i was like oh shit that's it you know that's that's some hype shit whatever so but i really liked that and that's generally how i work is i'll find these couplets of lines that they'll rhyme but it's not um i i like doing like repetition and i i do like like rhyming but in a way that i'm not forcing it so yeah when i 
that came out and I was like, Oh, that's it. That's what I'm doing for this song. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I was pretty yeah. stoked on that. That's probably my favorite lyric on the record because I think it like comes up most of what I'm talking about on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But butthole is pretty relatable too. Yeah. <laughs> most people have them. Yeah. Well, Jim I, has a favorite rec- uh, lyric on the record. But. Um, you know, I can't think of one on the record um, at the moment, but I did uh, write something a, a little while ago that I thought um, I might use. Probably not in Greet Death, um, but it was, uh, uh, it's such a nice day, might buy a sex toy. So <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I might use that <laughs> down the line. Um, so watch out um, <laughs> for that vibe. Yo. <laughs> Now, have you, uh, oh, and Benny, don't let me get carried away if you have any questions about the record, because I'm about to ask about touring and stuff again. No, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, because, like, you guys have toured a bunch, so, like, have you, do, does anything come to mind, like, just wild shit, like, w- like, just weird stories in general, or just, like, weird things, or crazy things, or just, like, panic moments, or anything come to mind? Um, I, a homeless guy, uh, wanted to kiss me in Manhattan. Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, mean, he seemed really, really nice. Yeah. He was really nice. And I took a photo with him. Um, but yeah, I felt like he's making um, moves. Right. And I thought like, damn, you know, maybe I got something (laughs) going on, but I, but I, I thought, you know, um, you know, he doesn't know where I've been. Um, so I thought, you know let's let's he doesn't know down. your journey yeah he does yeah right right that's exactly what it is and and he uh yeah but you know um you, you know i i think about him a lot <laughs> huh? i uh, <laughs> um <laughs> i think uh um i did like a uh um no oh, what was it oh, it was something it was something stupid uh, damn i i can't think of anything that i've seen right off the top of my head that has been like absolutely crazy um but yeah just that there were there were many days um where i was just uh like drunk packing the van um yeah. and that that i mean that's really really fun um uh, i don't do it anymore but you know my it, it's it's a that's a really good time. If you try to, you know, Tetris your, uh, your van or your trailer, um, you know, with, with that flowing through you, I, um, you know, you know, try it out, <laughs> try it out. Have you, have you guys been, have pretty good luck with vans over the course? Far, of the I mean, we, we put, this is falling apart. We're probably gonna have to do something about that, but we, we put a lot of money into it. Like we make sure it's every time we head out, we, we probably put like a minimum of a like whatever work it needs a thousand bucks just goes on a credit card you know makes sense probably, probably. See it breaking down a lot there you go just throw it on the credit card forget it's even there yeah and it's out to be sight, clear it's logan's credit card most of the time because <laughs> he's the most diligent about that <laughs> uh, i don't want to act like i'm sh- like we obviously the band money we make goes towards paying it off but he's always the one to front that because he's a 
he's a hero. It actually belongs to him now, the the band van. But I think we're probably gonna do something about a new one event eventually. Yeah, it's on its the floor is like falling out on the passenger side. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have oh. this. It's really fucking random, but my grandpa has a friend out in California who wanted to buy a car here in Michigan. It's like this old Mercedes station wagon. For whatever reason, he wanted this thing. And my grandpa asked me if I would keep it in my backyard. And I said, sure, yeah, for like a few months. So like there's this Mercedes station wagon in my backyard right now. And you mentioned like a hole in the passenger side. So I was I got in this car because naturally you're going to get inside a Mercedes in your backyard. And like there's you can see clearly that on the passenger side, one, there's no seat. And two, you can see that there was a hole and it was all rusted out. And they, in order to patch the hole, they took like a speed limit sign and like welded it in. So like on the inside of the car, there's like speed limit 10 on the floor, which I thought was genius personally. Damn, damn. There's definitely some, some moms on Etsy that would pay a lot of fucking money for that. So (laughs) you, you tell him that. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for him to send me the keys because like it's sitting in my backyard. I I choose it's just like I don't know. On one hand, like there's like a sense of irony that I I find funny about having a a car sitting in my yard, like it's hillbilly as fuck. But on the other hand, I want it gone, so they're gonna send me the keys. But make no mistake, I will be taking it for a spin before I put it in the garage. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I I recommend. <laughs> recommend what? No, I recommend you take that for a spin. I, I, the looks that you're gonna get. Mm. Now, mm. will I be wearing a wife beater? Yes. Hell yeah! Uh, case, case of bush light. What's up, dude? <laughs> just gonna try to mix as many stereotypes as possible and just confuse the fuck out of people. Yeah, please, please <laughs> take take photos. Be like everyone I've ever seen who's like that and have like the Fox logo tattooed on you. Oh, dude. And that's sick. You said take photos. I, I'm going to like, I actually next weekend, my photographer friend is coming over because it's such a dope looking car that like for the, my band single will be coming out later this year. Like I want the album art to be like me, like laying like a model on the hood of this car in my backyard. So that's, that's happening. Dude, yeah, when you I mean, were describing shit. going to like drive around in like a wife beater and stuff, I don't know why, but I was like, man, that's like some mall cop getting off work shit right there. <laughs> yeah, just take off the uniform. Like, yeah. what, what purpose does the wife beater serve? Like, I, I don't understand <laughs> that. I'd say that photo shoot is shirt optional. It is. There we go. It is. Might do my best <laughs> Joe Exotic impression in the wardrobe department. Now you just need to marry a straight guy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or two, two, double it up. Let's let's take it slow. One straight guy at a time. <laughs> okay. That's about all this world needs is one straight guy at a time. I think that's all. all that should all that should be in a room at one time is one straight guy. At a time. <laughs> yeah, you know they're talking oh, about like, taking people's temperature when you walk into stores now. Oh, okay. I, th- I think they should take their like sexual temperature and, index. You got yeah. actual index there. Yeah, and you know what I mean. If you're too straight, no, you got to wait outside. You know, you yeah. Gotta wait till like a guy in, in cowboy boots comes walking out, and then you can walk in. Yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. Anybody with an eyebrow ring, go f- front front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You got an eyebrow. You got an eyebrow ring. You got one of those beanies that's in the cover. That's in the color of the Jamaican flag. You can stop right up. Hell yeah! yeah you, you got no baggy, eyebrow. Baggy jeans, more pockets, the better. Yeah, no eyebrows. Shit, we're you get stock in the company. Osiris sneakers, Cookie Monster snapback. We're good to go, <laughs> dude. Cookie Monster. Oh, snapback. Jim, I have to. This is pertinent to everybody. I have to tell you some fucking funny shit on the pod for the pod because um i don't want to i don't want to like fuck with your rep like this but you were you've been you've been vaping when i've been seeing you you know uh hopefully that's not outing you as a vapor a vape person but, um uh, i don't know what you're you're sucking on it's cool you know but anyways you you're vaping and uh mm-hmm. jay Dick was asking me last time we FaceTimed a couple of days ago. He was like, uh, Jim's still hitting that vape. I was like, yeah, he's still vaping. And I forget what else he said. He was like, man, last time I saw Jim, he was vaping and driving a Hummer, which would have been your parents' Hummer. Uh, and he was like, man, next time I see that kid, he's about to be wearing a Cookie Monster hat. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Oh, shit. No, yeah, I'm going to change my legal name to Braden. And- <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I have, I, I, yeah, I have been, uh, I have definitely been, uh, hitting the mod that is not mine. It was a gift. Um, so I thought, you know, let's get the, let's get the juices flowing. Uh, you know what I mean? And so yeah, I got, uh, yeah, that, I got zero, that single zero, coil quick burn, uh, cotton candy root beer. Yeah, no, it might as well be a, oh, yeah. a pistol. It's, it's insane. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah there's zero nick in uh in this bad dad uh so really i'm doing it simply uh to uh to just uh uh get me through smoking something uh because i'm off the i'm off the thc so uh so i gotta do i gotta i gotta do something that does that doesn't make me want to just stuff food in my mouth all the time right yeah and that that wasn't us ripping and I knew it was just such a funny thing that he said. No, like, that, that is hilarious. That's ten out of ten. I, I appreciate <laughs> the shit out of that. And you got the. Yeah. This doesn't really fit in with the image, but you got the you got the hype beast vibes now too. I don't whose face is that on that thing you got. That's a so it's a it's a my bloody Valentine oh. uh, cover uh, of uh, yeah of one of the records. Um, so so yeah, I, I picked up that. Uh, yeah, like eleven thirty last night, I picked up that uh, denim jacket, and I'm really excited about okay, that. Okay, well, that does not at all <laughs> conscribe to the same. Uh, you're gonna confuse some people, you know, because you got the vape, you got the Hummer, and they'll see the Cookie Monster, but you step out of the Hummer, and then you've got the MBV jacket on, and they're like, "Wait a second, I can't process it." No, exactly. Yeah, no, they're gonna be very confused. I think um, you need to throw on a pair of those like giant inflatable balloon looking Osiris sneakers to kind of reach equilibrium again. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Fucking fucking shoot me. Um god. yeah, no, but that is definitely the that's definitely the style. That's uh, sick. <laughs> man, I'm about to hit faster horses in this get up. Oh man. Dude, great great death times faster horses. I could see it. I could see it. Oh man, I can't imagine the payout for a gig like that. I, the Monster Energy I, stage. I would do it immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I don't I don't care for playing at nine AM. I am definitely taking that check. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Share a bill with Luke Bryan or something. God, that would be <laughs> I want still, I want to play with Miranda Lambert. I think that, that would be Ooh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think we that's a Venn diagram right there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Now, which one of you guys is most likely to be uh, a um, a judge on uh, The Voice or America's Got Talent? No, immediately when you yeah. said that, I thought Drunk Logan. Yeah, that's another good. That's good. Yeah, I I agree. I think Drunk Logue would be the best uh, judge. I would be the most astute. (laughs) 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 I think, yeah, I would be hypercritical and everyone would hate me, but then a bunch of like fucking YouTube voice coaches would be like, ah, see, someone's not as drunk as Paula Abdul. So, (laughs) so I think uh, maybe, maybe me, but that's just because I listen to a lot of pop music. So like, yeah, so I, I think like that's, that's that that would be like my my ticket in i guess is that like oh i know these songs word i think like um well one of the a question that i asked three piece bands that you don't have to actually answer this by the way i'm just like i asked uh i did a podcast with a three piece the other day and i at the end we were just fucking around most of the time and i this question popped into my head like who's the weakest link no, it, it's if out of the three of you, if if one is the mom and one is the dad and one is the baby, which who would it be? <laughs> I asked them. Jesus Christ! And I got a really, think that's really, easy. Really, really this is th- this is very easy to answer. Um, Go for it. Yeah, Sam is the mom. Um, Logan is definitely the dad. I am definitely the baby. Oh, I, see, I was going to go the other way around. See, but... the first I have been called dad in many bands um but uh so logan's the baby i was gonna go for in this yeah i was gonna go that sorry that i didn't i don't mean that in a bad way i was just gonna that was what i was thinking <laughs> well what's your reasoning that makes a lot of sense be i mean because that's that's definitely the more emotional answer uh, <laughs> i i think uh um i i, I think yeah maybe because i'm I don't know. I I play devil's advocate. I think a lot, right? I would say. Is that what dads do? Oh, uh, uh, dickheads! No, I'm just joking. You're right? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> no, well, I mean, like, always... I, I, you know, he puts shit on his credit card. That's what dads do. Yeah, that's a oh, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. There's various reasons, but either way, Sam's definitely the mom. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, Logan's just minimal business. That's the only reason. He actually has, he does a lot of shit with the merch though and the van and shit. We all have equal things that we do. But as far as like, I guess like, uh, administrative stuff, I feel like maybe me and Jim, especially tries to be really diligent about a lot of stuff in a way that Logan and I aren't. Anyway, I'm not sure. I think you could make a case for a lot of different things, except me being anybody other than the mom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, Logan and I trade roles. I think every once in a while, 
um, yeah, yeah. I think that answers your question. This is becoming one of my favorite questions very quickly. Good. I think Uh, it's good. Yeah. I I really, it it shows nothing. It's completely pointless and I love it. I, I was told that you guys have a reputation for, uh, for being jokesters. So I'm glad that I, Benny and I like to fuck around here and there. So I appreciate you humoring my nonsense. I've been known to do a joke or a jive every once in a while. Especially a jive. Uh, Mischiefs, misbehaves, you know what I mean? It's all here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ballyhoo, if you will. Um, I concur. But with you guys being kind of like jokesters and things like that, like, do, but your music kind of being, you know, heavier and like darker, do you, on stage, do you like limit the banter or like, do you, is it like comic relief in between songs or like what, what's your like approach to the live shows in that regard? I mean, it's a pretty like, uh, there's no approaches that pretty much Logan just, if he has a bit, he wants to do, he does it until it's reached completion. (laughs) I've seen him tell like, a 10 minute story about how he was like working at Dairy Queen on Father's Day and all the ice cream cakes were melting. Yeah, that's a that was and I got so drunk at that show when we played Bow like so fucking <laughs> slow. It was fucked up. It was so fucked up. Um and the anyway, but hey, no, 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 no. It was, but it, it's the opposite. I was completely sober and Logan was really drunk. Yeah. I'm sorry. There we go. Yeah, and uh, not to his detriment. I just mean that's because yeah, I remember him saying on stage, "Man, I'm so drunk right now." But uh, yeah, and we played bow like so fucking slow, and it was really yeah, it's not like but, it was um, sixteen minutes. Yeah, that yeah. was fucked up. Uh, yeah. What was the? Oh yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, and I, you know, obviously Logan and I, having been friends for so long, pretty much the dynamic that you'll see between us is just what we do when we're hanging out, we were just going to riff on stupid shit and try to make each other laugh. So like, that's, that's pretty much essentially the same thing that's happening. I, you know, his thing is that like, there was a time when this band, like we just played like 30 minute noise sets and we would just do loops in between our songs and shit. And, you know, that's, I th- I think that's cool too. Um, but Logan's thing is that like anybody can do that. And what people, what you want to see in a show is like the like the thing that and this is the case for me too but the thing that excited him when he would go to a lot of shows or like is when like is is the songs yeah but the moments in between when you actually get to hear this person that you enjoy their art kind of talk and hear what their personality is like uh, and obviously all of ours are complete dog shit but um you're at least going to get I don't know you're going to you're getting like something more unique than just another noise loop uh, which is like you know that's what logan talks a lot about um whatever our shows and like i'd rather he would rather and i would rather see like a rather have like a unique experience and like learn about maybe not learn about but just experience the personality of the person i'm going to rather than just you know and i i personally you know i don't know I like it. I like both ways. I like when I go to see, I like when I go to see a show and I'm kind of just perplexed and it's just this thing 
I like when I see a show and there's no talking and this, the, the artist just puts up a, a, some kind of crazy set and they're enigmatic. I can see it both ways, but I know, um, and I enjoy yeah. both aspects, but I know these days Logan kind of, uh, especially really enjoys this like personalized Simpson to yeah. like dumb of people we are, but yeah, I don't know. Just like, I think it's also just like, we don't really, we take our music seriously, but we don't really take ourselves that seriously. I think people would see people see that we're just making stupid jokes and being really goofy. And that probably like makes them mad or something like, man, these guys think they're so cool. Maybe they don't think that, but it's actually the opposite. We just don't really take ourselves that seriously. Like, it's just not, you're making a mockery of rock. And roll. Yeah. It's not worth it, man. You just got to be yourself. And yeah, I'm personally, I'm, and that stopped me from doing things in my life. Cause I'm like, man, I would really like to do this, but I feel like I'm too goofy or I feel like, uh, I'm not serious enough and you, you really just need to be yourself and people I think will appreciate that more than you trying to force yourself to be something else. Um, maybe that was a long winded response to that, but no, no, that's kind no, of our yeah. ethic on it. We need content. Mm -hmm. um, I also well, would like to take personal uh, blame in uh, for that, for that version of bow. Cause I'm the one that starts that tempo so like oh, that was that was definitely yeah <laughs> not gonna throw logan under the bus that was that was definitely me i had a bit too much gin that night i think um so yeah that was that song was a crawl so <laughs> um, funny. well benny do you got any have any questions before we like kind of wrap it up no i think i'm all good cool well yeah because i gotta get it going here uh fellas but i appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the podcast yeah this was uh, sick yeah dude um and you know i always tell bands like if you're ever in the area because we're based in the like the detroit ish area you know um if you're ever through on tour like if you're like got a new record or something you want to promote uh you, you're always welcome to come back on the podcast too we do oh, like yeah once the world is reopened, you know, we, we do like in-person episodes too. You guys can even do performances. We do like tiny desk type performances sure. in my living room with bands. So like, that's always an option too. So yeah, maybe into doing that once if shows happen again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For oh. sure. Um, all right. Well, if you guys want to just like plug, uh, where people can find all your music, social media and all that stuff real quick. Yeah. Uh, what do you, uh, you can find our, music and the video and stuff at greetdeath.net we're on Bandcamp, spotify and out the spotify algorithm um we, i mean we're still gonna have a bunch of content coming there's a video series i'm started with uh my friend jake um the flesh and bone sessions i think one is out right now and there's a few more we're gonna put out um and there's some other stuff we've got planned too we can do some more live streaming and you know stuff like that. So keep the content coming. The definitely uh, cool. The, cool for the crew. Dope. Yeah, right, thanks, well, so. Yeah, dude. I'll let you guys know when this is going to be out. We're like backlogged a bunch because we've been doing a bunch of episodes on the corner. Yeah, but I'll definitely let you know, and so you guys can share the episode and stuff. And yeah, for sure, we'll plug it. Yep, totally. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely, dude. All right, you guys take her easy. All, All right, right, take it easy, guys. Bye. You too, Yer.